Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. What is going on, Citizens Youth? Oh, man! This feels good. It's been way too long, way too long since I've been able to just touch your faces on the front row. Give me just, mwah, there it is. I've missed you. I'm going to let you at home wonder if that was a real kiss or not. But um, yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for being here. Um, obviously, we are one step closer to being at our regular live gatherings. And so we have 50 people in the room right now um, for what has easily become one of my favorite, favorite nights and traditions of youth group, and that is senior night. Senior night. I look at my seniors here, and I've literally been waiting for this moment since you guys were sitting there, coming into freshman year. And so I just want to say, before we even dive in, before I give you just a little taste of what tonight's going to be like, I just want to address you guys and just say, I am so stinking proud of you guys. I am so proud of you guys. I think what you guys are doing right here the fact that you guys have stood in this and become leaders of our youth group and continue to love the Lord, that glorifies God. And I'm privileged to know you guys. I'm privileged to be called your pastor for the few years that we've got to be together. And I'm excited to see you guys launch and become young adults. I can't wait to see you guys get married. You're like, married? Yes! I cannot wait for you guys to get married and have babies. And I probably won't be your baby's youth pastor, who knows? But someone in the youth group will probably be your children's youth pastor, who knows? But I just, all that to say, I'm excited to see the same trajectory that you guys have been on for the last seven years. I I already know what the next trajectory is going to be like, and it's going to be even more because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so welcome to your senior night. You only get one. So I'm glad you wore the bow tie, Pete, because you made the most of it. You only get one. And so tonight I chose... For your senior sermon, I get every class, I look at it, I lined this up months ago to make sure that we were going to go through this passage on, uh, on senior night, because this is the passage I think of when I look at you guys. And so tonight, we are going to be in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. And so I want to tell you why I chose this passage for tonight. It's Philippians chapter 3, not only is it one of my favorite passages of all of Scripture, But in Philippians 3, Paul is describing a very important season of his life. Anybody have some special seasons that they can think of in their life? So for the camera's sake, you guys want to raise your hand every time I do that. Just make it look like you're really engaged. Anybody can think of a season? See, they know what they're doing. Okay. And so Paul, he's going to recount, not just like any old season, he's going to recount what was perhaps the most important season of his life. And he's going to talk about, he's going to remind us of those years of his life where he met Jesus. He's going to remind us of that season of life where the truth of the gospel became clear to him. He's going to remind us of a season of life where he saw Jesus and he looked back at everything else in his life and he made the conscious decision to count all of that rubbish in his wholehearted pursuit of following Jesus. See, he's looking back at a season of life where there was major milestones and spiritual highs and a lot of growth. He's talking about a season of life where there was much to celebrate, where there was much to remember. And so you, my seniors, 
my niños and niñas. <laughs> you guys are in a season of life right now. You are ending, you're punctuating a season of life where there was much to remember. There has been much to celebrate over the last seven years. And so I think about the students that I've seen get baptized. You know, I feel like I could still see your hair wet, Alex. Like I remember when you came up to me with your eyes all alive and you were like, I want to get baptized. I get it now. You and Brennan, you know. I think back to Olivia uh, just, just last year after summer camp and I gave that charge to seniors. It's like, hey, don't check out. Be the leaders. And you came and you were visibly like spoken to by the Lord and you're like, I need to do that. That's beautiful. I think back to the moments, not just of baptisms, but I see friendships that were birthed here, right? You guys didn't know each other before, like today. And welcome, Tucker, this is Pete. Pete, this is Tucker. No, no, no but think about it. Like, the, you're coming out of a season of life, this youth ministry. Like, I still remember Jacob and Kyle being the quiet kids coming into the back of the room and saying, we don't know anybody, but that's okay. We just want to learn the Bible. And we were like, guess what? That's not what we do at Citizens. Yes, we prioritize biblical truth, but we also cultivate community. So welcome. And everybody grabbed you guys. These are special, spe this is a special season of your life. A special season filled with tons of spiritual milestones, filled with tons of memories, and they're worth celebrating. But they're not just fun moments, not just fun memories. These are memories that if you were to pause and take a step back and just look at the handful of memories that you've collected, you've realized that each one, yes, worthy of celebration, but each one is also a reminder that God is powerfully working in you and transforming you. And he's using the people and the sermons and the lessons and the experiences. And he is using every single one of those things that you remember fondly to actively transform you to look more like his son, Jesus Christ. There is a lot to celebrate and we will party hard, I promise. July 11th, seniors at home, don't forget July 11th, senior night. Becca uh, Killinger is planning a bomb senior uh, party, all right, a graduation party. So, um, so it's going to be awesome. So we have lots to celebrate, but I'm bringing you to Philippians 3.12 first, because what Paul says, when he looks back at his special season, what he says is what I want you to say as you look back on the special season. And what he says is it's not finished. I was going to say, it ain't over, but I thought that couldn't capture that very good on a slide. So instead we went with, it's not finished. It's not finished. You can laugh. It's okay. Don't, no need to repress your laughter. Hey, we've been at this for seven years. Come on, give me a laugh at least. Are you laughing at me or with me? Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. So here we go. Hey, seniors, seniors, look at me. It's not finished. It's not finished. That wasn't the joke. <laughs> Sixth graders, look at me. Sixth graders, everything I just said about them, you have a lot of memories ahead of you. And I cannot wait. Like, guys, you have no idea. You're looking at me like, who is this crazy guy appearing in a tie? First of all, I don't wear a tie all the time, okay? Second of all, yes, I'm crazy. Third of all, we're going to have so much fun. We're going to have a blast. But even for you, not all of your memories are ahead of you. You have a lot to celebrate, and I'm proud of you guys for making it this far, for coming into youth group and looking forward to being here. So even you, in this room, sixth graders, freshmen, seniors, there is a lot to celebrate in this room, but it ain't over. And so Paul tells us more about it, starting in verse 12. You guys ready? One final time. This is the last sermon I get to preach to you guys as students. And then you'll be young adults who are here because you're hungry to learn, uh, willing to serve, and able to be an example. And so last time as seniors, open up your Bibles 
and read along with me. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Seniors, are you ready? Yeah. Sixth graders, are you ready? <laughs> Freshman, you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. You at home, are you ready? All right, here we go. Starting in verse 12, look what he says. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. The first thing we see here in our short passage today, Paul says this, yes, I have a lot going on for me. Yes, I have a special season that I'm celebrating, but number one, it's not finished. You see, students, Paul had a vision for his life. In the school system, they like to talk to you guys about goals, right? Setting your five-year goal and your goals for grades and your goals for school. Goals are just little check boxes that you can tick off. Paul's not talking about a goal. He's talking about a vision. And the difference is, while you can just check off little goals here and there, a vision for your life is an overarching picture. It is an overarching direction that gives meaning to every other action and goal in your life. And so Paul, we started here in verse 12, but if we just go back to last week, let's just flip back really quick and you'll see last week, he told us the vision for his life. And we see it here in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. All right, write this down. Check this out. I want to show you the vision for his life. Look what he says. He says, number one, that I may know him. Everybody say, know Jesus. Jesus. Right? That I may become like him. Say, "Be be like Jesus. And then he says that I may attain the resurrection. Say, spend eternity with Jesus. See, if you look at our Instagram uh, link on, on Instagram, what is that called? The interweb? We have like a link thing and I have a section of citizens sanctioned tattoos, okay? And so when you turn 18 and you're like, I want to like commemorate citizens forever with like a tat, you know, all the six skitters are like, <laughs> not yet, all right? But those of you who are wondering, how can I commemorate citizens in this special season of life with a tattoo? Here's one. This one is not dots, it's words, but know Jesus, be like Jesus, spend eternity with Jesus. Let's say it together, ready? Know Jesus. Be like Jesus. Spend eternity with Jesus. That's his vision. That is the direction that his life is moving. And so he's, this is what he's saying. He's like, yes, I've made a lot of progress. Yes, I've gone somewhere. Yes, I have a lot of spiritual highs and milestones and memories, but I'm not there yet. That's the vision for my life. And guess what? It's not finished. He makes it very clear. He says here, I have not already obtained this. Have you? Be like Jesus. Check. What? It's not finished. I haven't obtained this yet. He says it again. I do not consider that I have made it my own. Students, my seniors, class of 2020, what is your vision for your life? What is the overarching picture that is giving every single part of your life meaning? See, a lot of your peers, they don't think past 18 and they go, my vision for my life is to graduate. And then they get to this moment and they say, check. And whatever happens after here is just gravy. See, if your vision for your life is just to graduate, 
You did it. Now go throw away the next 80 years of your life. But if your vision for your life is to see God use every single thing in your life and work it in you to transform you and to grow you so that you can know Jesus, be like Jesus and spend eternity with Jesus, then remember it's not finished. Remember that there is still a long way to go until you attain the resurrection from the dead. Because in order to attain the resurrection from the dead, you have to be dead. (laughs) Students, it's not finished. And so what should you do? What do you do because it's not finished? Well, I'll tell you what Paul did. And I'm telling you what I'm calling you to do. There's only one thing to do. Celebrate and party. No, that would be two things. Those are subpoints under my one thing, okay? One thing for you to do, students, and that's what I'm calling you to do today is press on. Class of 2020, press on. Press on. Paul says, it's not finished. And so, because I have not made it my own yet, I'm going to press on to make it my own. He says, in my life, I've reached major milestones, but it's not done yet because those milestones weren't the vision. And so I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what I was like at 17 years old. I graduated at 17, by the way, because I'm a brainiac. No, it's because I have an August birthday. And my mom was like, you better get out of the house at five, boom. And I was like, crazy. (laughs) Still scarred. It's like, like, that explains a lot. Um, But I'll tell you what, in my life, um, I kind of get like like a high personality, you know what I mean? I get really like hyped for things. And I have found and I've learned and I've since hopefully corrected that in my life, whenever I reach major milestones or, or points of celebration, it's very easy to sit back and put things in cruise control. Personally, okay? It's very easy when you come to moments of celebration, when you come to small successes, it's very easy. It's all too tempting to celebrate those victories and then call it a day. You know what I'm saying? It's far too easy to put it into autopilot and to lose sight of what's coming up tomorrow because you're celebrating the successes of yesterday. And so I'm going to give you a little metaphor that I've learned in my life. and I'm going to pass it on to you. But most of you guys know that I'm a huge track guy, right? Anybody at home into track? You're like, I've been to a track once. Yes. We're getting there, okay? We're getting there. And so I love track. I, I, I ran track. Now I coach track. Sometimes I walk to the track with my kids and I just like, put my cheek on the track and I just rub it gently just to like, just get the smell. See, you gotta be there. You don't, you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe. But in track, in track, there's like, there's nothing like a race. Alex, you know what I'm talking about, right? Made it to district slack steer for the first time. Let's go, Liv, you know what I'm talking about? Any other track stars in here? Sammy cross country. I'll count it, I'll count it, right? <laughs> And so there's nothing like when you're, in, when you're in the track or you're on the track, you're on the cross-country course, and you run by the fans, right? But let's be real. You run by the parents, okay? <laughs> I don't got no fans. I'm a sophomore. But your mom is your number one fan, dear, okay? And so you, uh, you run by the fans. Usually it's right around the finish line, which is also the starting line, which is also the lap line. It's like a really all-inclusive line. It does a lot of things. You should think it next time. It's underappreciated. But you run past the line, and you notice that there are people... I just gave all the sound guys a mini stroke, right? They're like, we didn't account for the loud bell in the sermon. I know, but what is this called? 
cowbell. More cowbell, please. This is a cowbell, okay? And so you're running a race, you're running a race, and it's like, runners on your mark, set, go, and you start running. And let's say you're running the two mile, okay? Because we all realize that that's the longest endurance running track. And so you're running the two mile, and every time you get close to the finish line, what do you hear? Sound it out, what are they shouting? What are they shouting as they do the cowbell? Shout it out. What are they saying? Go! What are they saying? Woo! Right behind <laughs> He's gonna get you, run faster! Right? That's always my favorite. I'm like, he don't get me, right? They're ringing the bell and they're saying, good job, you've done great, keep it up. There's a lot to be proud of, keep going. You're almost there, three laps down, one to go. Seven laps down, one to go. And so I want you to imagine that you're running this race. You've been training for it your whole life. Your youth pastor has trained you for this your whole life. Your parents have trained you for this race your whole life. Oh, I wish we had the music. You're running. You're three quarters of the way there. And as you're running, you guys have missed me, haven't you? I've missed you. And as you're running, you hear the people say, go get them. Or as Olivia says when she's on the finish line, woo. <laughs> and they're saying, you've done a great job so far. And I want you to imagine, you stop. And you go, they're celebrating my three laps that I've done so far. You know, now that I think about it, they're right. I have done a great job on these three laps. As a matter of fact, I've done so well that this is actually worthy of celebration. And so you stop the race and you simply walk three quarters of the way through your mile. You walk to the sideline, you go, pass me that cowbell. And you just start celebrating and everybody else is running past you because what do they realize? It's not finished yet. And you realize that the Lord has called you not to just finish a lap, but to finish a race. He's called you not just to make it to a checkpoint, but to make it to the end. And so students, that's what I'm telling you today. Yes, you have made it to a major checkpoint. Yes, there is much reason for celebration. Yes, you have come a long way. But press on, press on, it's not finished. And that's what Paul says, Paul says, no way I'm getting out early to celebrate because look, at, look what he says. He says, for me, grabbing a hold of the finish line, this is what he's doing, right? Paul says, I don't want this, I want this. Are you more concerned with celebrating the lap? Or are you more concerned with reaching the prize at the finish line? And Paul says, I am running for the finish line. I am running. I want to grab hold of the prize at the end. And why does he want to grab hold of it at the end? Look what he says. He's like, press on to make it my own. Why? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. There's only one option. I have to lay hold of this because that's why Jesus laid hold of me. 
Do you realize that? This is not just an inspirational talk. This is a gospel-centered sermon because in an inspirational talk, I'd be like, go get him, come on, run faster, or woo. (laughs) But you see, the gospel tells us that we're not just gritting it and squeezing tight and clenching and just gonna do something great with our lives. No, no, the gospel says, Jesus literally grabbed a hold of you so that you can do that. He grabbed a hold of your life. He seized you. He snatched you out of the kingdom of darkness. He picked you up. And some of you remember where you were. I'll never forget Jacob coming up to me in the hallway after Citizens one time. He's like, I think I want to be baptized. Like, that sermon, like, I get it. And I've had dozens of those moments of seeing students with the lights come on and they go, I think I get it. My parents taught me about Jesus. My dad taught me the Bible. My mom brought me to church. But like, I get it now. That moment, you didn't wake up one morning and say, you know what, it's time to put on my big boy pants. I'm going to become a Christian today. You know what happened that day? You woke up and you had no idea that that was the day that the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, would grab you and arrest you and show you that the sin that you've been saving for so long was poop. And you would spit it out of your mouth and you go, I never want to eat poop again. Glory to God. I want Jesus. Seniors, I remember those moments in each of you. I've seen you confess your sin and fight it and talk to your leaders and go, I don't want that anymore. Jesus grabbed hold of you. And so there's going to be days as you run this race. I'm going to be really honest with you, little brothers and sisters. There are going to be days when you don't feel like going anymore. There are going to be days when you don't feel like you have it in you. There are going to be days when the pomp and the circumstance and the tassels of senior year are nothing but a fate memory. There are going to be days when you drop on the bed in your dorm and you ask yourself, why am I even running such a hard race anyway? And in that moment, I want you to remember how you got here in the first place. Jesus grabbed you and he made you his own. This race isn't all on you. If he grabbed you then, then he's got you now and you can keep going. And so students, press on. Class of 2020, press on. Freshmen, press on. Sixth graders, press on. Press on. You see, students, don't don't get it wrong. The cowbell is ringing. I'm very proud of you. You've done great so far. I've loved seeing you grow up. You're not little baby seventh graders anymore. You're not baby eighth graders anymore. You're mature, you're smart, you have jobs, most of you. You're going, there's reason to celebrate. Woo. (laughs) But don't confuse the sound of the cowbell with the sight of the finish line. I want you guys to know Jesus. Remember the vision, know Jesus, become like Jesus, spend eternity with Jesus. Let's say it together, you ready? Know Jesus, become like Jesus, spend eternity with Jesus. That's the vision, go grab it. Because that's why Jesus grabbed you. That's why he saved you. And that's why he's using everything in your life to work in you right now toward that end. But you're not there yet.
And so press on. Press on. Now, I don't want to just send you home with a press on because you guys know, and sixth graders, they're going to they're learn this, but you guys know that I like to tell you how. It's not enough to bring you into a room and go, go do it. And you're like, yeah, where are we going? What are we doing? And how do we do it? No, see, the Bible, God, by his grace and his wisdom, he doesn't just fill you with some excitable cliches. He walks you because what is citizens? Seniors. We are a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. That was pathetic. Let's say it one more time. We are a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. And so if God in his word is going to tell us to press on, you better believe he's going to help us learn how to do that. And that's exactly what happens in the next few verses. Check it out. He says, one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So the first thing we saw was that it's not finished. The second thing we learn here, oh, we're not done. Let's keep going. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So number one, it's not finished. It ain't over. So press on. And then number two, you're asking the question, how do I press on? Number two, to press on, you must move on. To press on, you must move on. See, he presses on. He said that he's running and he's moving with his eyes on the prize. The prize is found at the finish line. And so he has located the prize. He knows where he's running. And notice, where's the finish line? The finish line, he says here, it's the upward call of God. So here's the coolest part, seniors. The finish line is not simply in front of you. It's also up above you. The finish line is not just somewhere that's happening on this plane, in this earth, on, in this lifetime. Heaven is the goal. And so he says, I'm pressing on with heaven in mind, and I'm calling you live with heaven in mind. There are a few more sobering thoughts. There are a few thoughts that will snap you back to reality and to the truth of the gospel more than remembering that you're running with heaven in mind. He's pressing on with heaven in mind. That's where the prize is, because he wants to spend eternity with Jesus. And how does he do that? Two things, all right? Here's the vision. Know Jesus, be like Jesus, spend eternity with Jesus. How? Number one, forgetting what lies and straining forward to what lies ahead. Two things here, okay? If you're going to press on, you have to move on. I want to go back to track. I had a student, uh, so those of you uh, who know I coach um, at Sky Ridge Middle School, Skyhawks, Sky till I die. And so, yeah, some of you know that. So I coach at Sky Ridge Middle School and I had a student. Grace, you're going to run with me next year, right? Yeah, you are. I had a student that, um, bad habit, man, bad habit. He would run and he was fast. He was a mile, he was a mile runner, distance, cross country guy. He was the fastest guy on the team, but he had this really, really bad habit. And I just started to like let him have it because I was tired of his habit. He would run. <laughs> And what he would do is, halfway through the race, he would run, and then he does this. And then he keeps running. 
He's running, he's running. The finish line is right there. And then he goes. Oh my gosh, All right? Most kids, when they're coming across the finish line, they're like crying because like their, their energy is done. And I'm like the sympathetic coach. I'm like, you did a great job, Kyle. It's okay, I know. He's like, I don't wanna cry, I never wanna run again. I'm like, it's okay, we have a meet tomorrow, all right? Um, but this kid, I've never greeted him with a line like that. Cause I'd be like, where were you looking? I'm like, coach, easy, I won. I go, I don't care. Where were you looking? Behind me. Why were you looking there? Because I wanted to see if anybody was behind me. Everybody was behind you. You were in first place. Well, if I see who's close to me, then it makes me go faster. He thought that by looking behind, he would go faster. Let me give you a little physiology lesson here, okay? His eyes would look behind him, and his eyes affected his head. His head affected his shoulders. His shoulders affected his entire body, and his entire body affected his momentum. You see, wherever his eyes were, that literally determined where he was going. And so rather than pressing on fervently toward the finish line, he was slowing himself down and he did it to himself because he was looking backwards. And so what we need to do, students, you need to remember, where are your eyes looking? Because you have two things to do. Number one, you need to forget what lies behind you. Congratulations, you're graduating. You're moving on, you're pressing forward. What lies behind you that is tempting to distract you? What lies behind you that is tempting to distract you? For some of you, maybe it's your failures. Sometimes we are so crippled by guilt and shame and regret that we can spend years stuck in the past. You can't really move forward because you feel disqualified from moving on. Brothers and sisters, you're forgiven. You are free. Press on. Don't let your failure, those are in the past, forget your failures. Some of you guys, it's not your failures. Perhaps some of you watching at home, it's your successes. Are you so enamored? Tucker, you're so lucky I didn't make a comment. I was really tempted, but I'm not going to. Are you so enamored with your successes and your achievements that you're looking back at what you're celebrating? Students, I want to tell you, there's more ahead of you than there is behind you. Press on. Some of you guys, what lies behind is the temptations of your old life. And you go, man, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be this age. I mean, you've got to just live it up in my, in my teens. I mean, I'm going to be 20 eventually. Eventually, I'm going to want to grow up and be mature. So I might as well get it all out of my system now. Students, the temporary satisfaction of sin is nothing compared to the soul-satisfying, thirst-quenching reality of knowing God and walking with Him. Forget what lies behind. Some of you, it's your plans. You're about to get going on life, and you're going to go, this is not what I signed up for, and you're busy looking back at the map you made when you were eight year, uh, in eighth grade as your five-year plan, and you're going to look back at the plan you made when you submitted your senior plan to your youth pastor, and you're like, here's what I'm going to do after high school, and you're like, it doesn't look like what I planned, and so you're still back looking at the plan rather than focusing on what God is wanting to do in your life as he unravels something new that you didn't even anticipate. Sometimes we have to forget the familiarity. It's comfortable. 
It's familiar where we've come from and what we've known and who we've known and where we've lived. And some of you guys are going to need to forget the familiar and be willing to follow God into the unfamiliar. Be willing to be uncomfortable. And then some of you may like this one. Some of you may be very willing to forget this one, but some of you guys are going to need to just forget Vancouver. See, God may be calling you to come away for a time. Come away for a time from the familiar. Come away from home. Come away from Vancouver. And I want you to come with me. And if that's your calling, if you're called to move away, or some of you may even go overseas, I want to encourage you that the wilderness, yes, it is unfamiliar. Yes, it is sometimes lonely. But it's the wilderness where God meets us. And he shapes us to become our own people who meet and know God for ourselves. And so if God is calling you to forget Vancouver, press on, press on. So I want you to forget what lies behind and I want you to strive forward to what lies ahead. Who knows what lies ahead? Any guesses? What lies ahead? God's plan. What else? God's plan. What else? What lies ahead? College, for some of you. What else? What lies ahead? Marriage. Marriage, yes. Family, good. What else? You're like, am I allowed to dream that far? Yes. Death, Death lies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It is COVID season. You guys are very morbid. You know what I want you guys to strain forward? You know what lies ahead of you right now? Everything. Literally everything. I remember being a graduate and I'm like, dude, life has been so awesome so far. Like, how could it get any better than this? I had no idea. Everything. Like, think about the memories. Remember we, we did these? Think about the beautiful friendships that God has put in your life. Think about the powerful lessons that he's taught you. Think about the change and the transformation and the sanctification that he's already brought into your life. Think about what he's done in the short 17, 18 years of your life. You really think he's all done? You, friendships, I'll never have friends like that. You really think God is done bringing lifelong friends into your life that will encourage you and bless you? You really think he's done using, using powerful sermons and lessons from tremendous, tremendous youth pastors in your life? You think he's done? <laughs> Maybe it won't be a youth pastor. Maybe it'll be a different pastor. But do you think he's done? Students, he, it's, it ain't over. He has so much more that he wants to bring into your life and to use to teach you. And I'm telling you this, it only gets deeper and more satisfying and more beautiful. You have everything ahead of you, students. Everything. So forget what lies behind and strive forward to what is ahead. Because God is going to bring you closer to the finish line. Know Jesus. Be like Jesus. Spend eternity with Jesus. So my question for you, as we look at this list, are there any areas of your life in which you're still looking back? Flip the tassel, take the selfie, go to the grad party, and then ask yourself, in what ways am I not forgetting what lies behind? In what ways am I not straining toward what lies ahead? And as you think about that, I have a promise for you. If in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Ask him, 
Lord, is there any aspect of my life in which I am not thinking about forgetting behind, straining forward? Is there any aspect of my life that is still a little bit backward? Is there any aspect of my life where I am not pressing on? He will reveal that to you. And your loving father will put his gracious and loving finger very gently, yet lovingly and firmly on that part of your life. And he's going to say, Tucker, right there. Forget what lies behind. Press on. Pete, that part of your life right there. That part of your life. He's very gentle with Pete, okay? The Lord loves him. Forget that part. Live. He's going to put his finger. Forget that part. Move forward. Press on. Lenny, press on. Maddie, press on. Sammy, press on. Cammie, press on. Lily, press on. Alex, press on. Zach Snow, press on. (laughs) Micah, press on. Jonah, Kyle, press on. Forget what lies behind. Strain forward to what lies ahead. Lord, in what ways are we looking back? In what areas do we need to strive forward? Reveal it to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on up here. Let's have some music. And I have one more verse that I want to read, but I don't want to just read it. I want to give it to you as a charge, seniors, okay? This is the moment. This is the culmination of your senior night. So here's my final plea to you guys. Here's my final prayer. I've already told you that you have so much ahead of you, right? You have a lot ahead of you. I said, there's everything. It's not finished yet. You are not at the finish line. But guess what, seniors? And I'm really happy to say this. You're not at the finish line. But you're not at the starting line either. Am I right? You guys have come a long way. You're not at the starting line. That is the sound of celebration. That is the sound of progress. Keep going. You're not at the starting line. And so seniors, here's my call to you. Because you're not at the starting line, because there's already been tremendous growth and progress in your life, here's the call. I read this to you. Eyes closed. This is God's word for you, senior. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Eyes open. I want to read it one more time. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Don't go backwards. You're not at the finish line, but you're not at the starting line. Don't go backwards. Seniors, don't lose the lessons that you've already been taught. Don't forget the experiences that you've already had. Seniors, do not neglect the sanctification and the progress in holiness that God has already performed. Don't forget the disciplines that you have hardwired into your soul. Don't forget, citizens, how to prioritize biblical truth. Don't forget it. Don't forget how to embrace godly authority. Do not forget how to cultivate Christ-centered community. Do not forget how to contribute your God-given gifts. Do not forget how to, pursue, how to engage in gospel mission. Do not forget how to pursue spirit-empowered holiness. I'm proud of you. You guys are students that to a very good degree, you, you embrace those, you embody those. Hold true to what you've already attained. You've come a long way. I'm proud of you. Don't go backwards. Don't forget, but press on. 
Press on, students, because you have everything ahead of you. So class of 2020, I'm gonna ask you to stand up. I want you guys to come down to the front for one big group hug. No, no, come down to the front. <laughs> yes, come on down, seniors. Face me, look at me. I want you to look at me. Nope. I'm gonna read you your senior sermon one more time, okay? And then I'm gonna charge you, and I'm gonna pray for you, and then we're gonna do a little fun tradition that we do here at Citizens. So listen to this. Seniors, not that you have already obtained this or am already perfect. So press on to make it your own because Christ Jesus has made you his own. Class of 2020, do not consider that you have made it your own, but do one thing. Forget what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead. Press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of you who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only hold true to what you have attained. I love you guys. Press on, press on, press on, press on. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for my little brothers and sisters. It has been one of the truest blessings and privileges and honors of my life to be able to call myself their pastor, to field their questions and their prayers, to pray with them, to hear them cry out to you in music and in song and in prayer, to see them grow up, Lord. And so, Father, would you keep them, Lord? Let your face shine upon them, Lord. Cover them, Lord, in the shadow of your wings. Keep them near, Lord so that they can one day attain the resurrection from the dead, so that for the rest of their life, they would know Jesus, become like Jesus, and spend eternity with Jesus. And so Lord, I entrust them into your hands. They are yours. There are no safer hands, Father, than yours. So bless them, Lord. Bless them in their going out and their coming in from this day forth and forevermore. Let every endeavor that they set their hand to prosper. May they have your favor, Lord, and glorify you in all that they do. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you have brought them this far, and we are confident that you will complete the work that you began in them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love you guys.